You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. shout, we'd praise, we'd carry on, wouldn't we? And that's what we need to do each and every week as we gather together. What would we do? That was kind of the impetus of this series many months ago is I just recognized what I really missed when we were on screen virtually uh, was that manifest presence of of God just being in the room with us. Uh, I just want to welcome everybody today again. If you're watching online, if you're downstairs in our overflow Uh, Just thank you for coming today. We are looking at this series called Practicing His Presence. Last week we looked at the peace of His presence, and I talked to you about outside storms. When storms and situations kind of from the outside come into your life, your life was going uh, just kind of normal, just kind of usual, and then all of a sudden, very suddenly, say suddenly, suddenly, there's the storm. And that was the case with the disciples last week. And I said to you that when we find ourselves uh, in our suddenly, often we're separated from peace. We're not in peace. We're in anxiety. We're in fear. Uh, We're in turmoil. We're in war. We're in conflict. We're in discord. And that is all the opposites to peace. And yet the gift of his presence is the peace of God that passes all understanding. And so what ends up by happening is that storm separates us from peace. We need to awaken peace and bring peace into our world again. And so we talked about that last week. If you didn't get a chance to hear that, just encourage you. It is in the archives. You can download it, podcast it, however you want to listen or watch that. And uh, today we're going to continue the permission of his presence. I'm just a little excited uh, about this one. I'm excited about all of them. Next week, we're going to look at the power of his presence. But today, the permission of his presence. I'd like to give you what I believe is a word for us as a church um, along in this, uh, in this season. And uh, last week, I talked to you about, and Stephanie reminded us as she opened the service, about the rain of his presence, that his presence comes like rain. And all through the Old Testament and New Testament, the promise of rain is not just physical rain for farmers' crops, but the rain of his presence that does a work in our lives. I'd like you just to open your heart. I'm going to pray here in a moment, but open your heart to receive what I believe, what I believe is part of the promise for us, part of what God is saying in these days is right here in Psalm 65, 9 to 11. The psalmist says to God, you take care of the earth and you water it, making it rich and fertile. The river of God has plenty of water. He's shifting now. He's talking about natural rain. Now he's shifting to the spiritual rain of God's presence and saying the river of God, that theme is all the way through the scriptures, has plenty of water. Somebody say plenty. Come on, somebody text in plenty today. If you're at home watching, I can't hear you, but I want to. I want to see it come up on the screen so I can see you're your tracking with us this morning. The river of God has plenty of water. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain. 
for you have ordered it so. Wow, the order of God. I don't think anything can come against the order of God. In fact, I know nothing can come against the order of God. You drench the plowed ground with rain. Watch this now. Melting the clods and leveling the ridges. I grew up in an agricultural area. I've plowed ground before, and uh, it leaves the plow leaves rough ground. And the scriptures are promising that in the season where we're trying to plow, I don't know about you, but plowing these days, not, not naturally, but just trying to get through life, just trying to do what we do. There's some plowing. It's heavy. The ground feels hard and rough. But the promise of God to us today is that his rain will come, and it will melt the clods and level the ridges. Come on, somebody needs to hear this. You need to have your clods soften. Come on, a lot of clods in your life, a lot of rough area in your life. But the presence of God is coming to level that. You soften the earth with showers and bless its abundant crops. Here it is. You crown the year. What year? 2020. A lot of people have just been saying 2020, the year from hell. No, 2020 is still in the hands of a God who's on the throne. I don't understand everything in 2020, but I know that his promise is he's going to crown this year with a bountiful harvest, even the hard pathways, even the virus pathways, even the unemployment pathways, even the mental health pathways, all of the pathways that have been so hard for us will overflow with an abundance. Hey, if you want to receive that, just posture yourself to receive that right now. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you're promising by your presence to do something. You're going to soften it. You're going to bless it. You're going to bring an abundance. We will not come under the spirit of COVID. I know whom I have believed, and he is able to keep me until that day. Father, I thank you that you are about a work that I can't see with my eyes, but I'm taking hold of because I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, you're helping me preach. Thank you for that. (laughs) I want to consider the permission of his presence today. I'm going to look at a different storm than we looked at last week. Jesus uh, has sent his disciples ahead. He wants to stay back and pray. And uh, he says to them, listen, get out in the boat, get to the other side, and I'll catch up with you which should have been a hint (laughs) that something crazy was about to take place. Because if they're in a boat and he's on land, he's on land, they're in a boat, and I'll catch up with you later. What was he thinking? Was he going to walk on water or something? (laughs) Of course, that's the story we're looking at this morning. And uh, so this storm begins to brew. The disciples alone in the boat, Jesus in the place of prayer. And they start being tossed. Uh, this is a storm before uh, last week's storm. And it be, they begin to uh, be afraid, and the storm is beating, tossing them. Jesus, true to his word. Aren't you glad that Jesus is true to his word? He'll always do what he said he was going to do. And he catches up with them, and literally, by walking on the water. Now, they don't have a context for water walking, They've never seen somebody walk on water before. It defies uh, every universal principle. No one has ever walked on the water before. And so they begin to scream out. They're sure, because they don't understand it, they're sure it's a demon or it's a ghost. 
I've met some Christians like that. If they don't, if they don't understand it, or they don't, it's not in their context. It must be the devil. <laughs> no, this was God, and uh, this was God in the flesh. Jesus walking to them on the water. He calls out to them, and he says, "Don't be afraid. It's me." Let's pick up the story. Looking at Matthew fourteen verses twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Peter called to him, "Lord, if it's really you, then tell me to come to you." Walking on the water. (laughs) I love Peter. Yes, 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 come, Jesus said. And so Peter went over the side of the boat. Some of you need to get over the side of the boat. Come on. Some of you are hanging on in the middle of your storm. It's time this morning to hear the permission of God. Get out and let's do some water walking. Let's get out on faith. Let's get on Jesus's yes. We're going to learn this morning about the permission of his presence. He gets out of the side of the boat and he walked on the water toward Jesus. Have you ever done something and your kids have seen it and they've said, I want to try too. I want to do it. A bunch of years ago, we were camping in Kingston, just north of Kingston, and there's some uh, great, I think it was Bob's Lake, and there was some good cliff jumping to be had. And uh, uh, it's no secret that my wife's a bit of a daredevil, bit of a, not a bit of a free spirit, a whole lot of a free spirit. And uh, she was jumping, and I was jumping, and our kids were small at the time, and, and uh, they're watching, you know, and, and uh, so they want to jump. They're on the edge. They want to jump. And she went all of a sudden from being a daredevil to being a mom in a very split second. You know where I'm going with it. And so can we do that? No. You know, and, and, and it's you're too little. You're too little. And, uh, and I want you to think this morning, just for a moment, about how many times if you're a parent today, if you're uh, uh, watching today online and, and uh, just look around the room, your kids are somewhere, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you you've used the word no since you started even watching. They, they've wanted to, no, 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 no. Say no. We hear that word. We've been conditioned with that word no. As parents, we've used it with our kids. As kids, we've heard it from our parents as adults. And I want to talk about that because I think it conditions us. Have you ever noticed when kids are really small and they're about to do something they shouldn't do and the no's get faster? It's no, but they're not listening. They turn around. They're not sure of the no. And so it's kind of no, 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 no. How many guilty parents do I have in the room? How many online this morning? Sure. We say no to our kids as adults. We've heard no. I think we've been conditioned to hear a no, even though we so desperately want to hear a yes. In fact, some of you today have forgotten that yes could even be an option for you. Yes to a promotion. Yes to a breakthrough. Yes to your miracle. Yes to a healing. Yes to that relationship because you're in loneliness today and longing for a partner for life. You so desperately want a yes. Peter asks Jesus for a yes, and he gets a yes. Jesus didn't say, no, you're too little. Jesus didn't say, no, I can't give you that. Uh, Peter, you're not holy enough to walk on the water. Come on, we all know that Peter had some stuff going on. So that wasn't conditional. It wasn't he had to have his life perfect. Some of us are approaching God today, and we've even backed out of the place of prayer because we've heard no so often by life circumstances. We forgot that he was the God of the yes. Jesus said to Peter, yes, I give you 
permission. Now, you got to get this. He gave him permission to do the impossible. He gave him permit. It was yes to the impossible. You can do the possible. We need God's yes to, the, to do the impossible. That's why we are people of prayer. That's why we're emphasizing, and I'm talking today about his presence, because something so powerful happens when you get into the presence of God. You can hear God's voice. You can feel his presence, and you hear the resounding yes in your spirit of what you're bringing to him, what you're asking him for, and he says, yes, come on. Let's go water walking together. Come on, somebody. Can I hear uh, amen? something so powerful about it. Over 17 years ago, as Christine and I set out and our family to set out this church and plant this church in Cornwall, and uh, we're getting ready to do that, we felt that we should secure a building. And in fact, we had a purchase offer, a small group of people that were our launch team that had been meeting for uh, almost two full years before we launched and uh, gathered up some funds and we had some funds and, and uh, we had a, a purchase offer on a building downtown. We were excited about that and getting all ready to, to move in. Our very first service would have been in that building. And uh, there was some backlog in the city and some back taxes and some conditions, and that deal fell through. And uh, we weren't able uh, to purchase that building. Well, we had a promise from God that we would have a place to call our own. And uh, we had a promise, specifically uh, a word that came through a, a, a great friend of this church, Danny Bonilla, had prophesied that we would not be gypsies. We would not be moving from tent to tent, but God would give us a place to call our own. And so that was a yes word from the Lord, and we held on to that yes. A deal fell through, and, and then this building became available. Some would know this story, and we tell it in step one, and I hope if you saw the, um, the advert for step one today, if you're new to Harvest, we really encourage you to sign up. It's where you'll find out everything about our church, our history and our vision and our values, and we would love for you to come to step one. And I tell this story in its, in its entirety, and, and so the Catholic uh, diocese had made this property available to us, and I approached them knowing that we had less than a year under our belt of giving history. And I knew that there wouldn't be a bank in the world that would touch us uh, to give us the loan, the mortgage for this property. And so I asked the diocese, Bishop Paul and de Roche at the time, the bishop of this diocese, if they would consider holding our mortgage for us. And it was a quick, wasn't a yes, it was a... And he was very polite about the no. It was a very polite no. <laughs> he offered uh, the, the gracious uh, explanation that it was against their policy uh, to be able to do that. Well, I started to approach those banks I told you about that I knew would be a no, and bank one, no, bank two, no, bank three, no, bank four, no. I even considered Larry the Loan Shark at uh, twice or triple the going rate, and I said, no, 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 I'm not, I said, no, I'm not doing that. And uh, finally, uh, a door uh, a door opened, and a bank was offering us a mortgage. And so we got to two weeks, it was a yes from the bank, two weeks before closing on this particular property, and it was a yes until it wasn't. It became a no. And they pulled the rug out from under us at the last minute and left us without any possibilities. And I said, is it like a, a maybe to the bank? They go, no, this is not a maybe. A solid, say the word, no. It was a no, solid no. Well, I had a yes from God. 
How many know that when you have a yes from God, it trumps any no of the world, any no of sickness, any no of the enemy, it trumps the no. God's yes trumps the no. I knew in my heart that I had a yes from God. Our lawyer uh, contacted me, said, you need to come down to the office. He said, I don't know how you feel. He knew this was, he had a Catholic background himself, and he uh, grew up in Cornwall where there's a bit of a rivalry between French, English, and Protestant, and Catholic, and how all that kind of went together. And that was his background of the city as being a, an older gentleman that had grown up in Cornwall. He said, I don't know how you feel about the Catholics. I said, I love Catholics. I love that they love God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I love that. Why? What's the point? He said, I don't know if the bishop changed his mind. I don't know if they changed the policy, but he phoned me to tell you they'll hold the mortgage. You have a building. We had a yes, and we're here today. (laughs) God's yes, the permission of God's presence. When we're in his presence, we're able to hear yes to the impossible. Over 50 years ago, Mattel Toys came out with a toy called uh, the 8-Ball. Now, I never had an 8-Ball because it was marketed. I grew up in a Christian family, kind of old school, and uh, it was marketed as a fortune-telling device. And the Bible is clear about staying away from, you know, real fortune-tellers and real psychics and all that kind of stuff because black magic, white magic exists, and the Bible says God has a word for you. God knows your future, Jeremiah says, and it's a good future. And so we don't consult uh, those kinds of things. And so it, it really was, and it is, it's still available today. I was actually going to buy one at Walmart, but I was too cheap to pay the 26 bucks to use it as a prop today. And, uh, and so it was marketed as a fortune-telling device, so we weren't allowed to touch it. But maybe, maybe you had an eight ball or you're aware of the toy. And I want to bring it to your attention today because what you would do is ask it a question, then tip it up, and it would say yes, no, or it would have a maybe answer. Interesting. Little, little fun fact here about the eight ball is that it had a 20, it has a 20-sided figure on the inside. There are 20 answers that it will randomly kick up that you will see when you ask it, apparently. It's listening, sort of, I guess. And you, it, of course it isn't. And you tip it up. It will say yes, no, or maybe. 20 sides, 20 possibilities. They put 10 yeses on it, five no's, and five not no's, they're maybes, and they're maybes more close to yes because you're going to tip it again. You actually have a 75 chance 75% chance of getting a yes. Here's my thought this morning. Please take it in. Please understand it. Those of you that have a religious uh, a bone in your body, and it's, it's, just, it's just coming to the surface right now because you lost me at eight ball, just cast that religious spirit out. It's a toy. Listen to my, listen to my illustration right now, all right? Here's my thought. If the eight ball, they market it knowing that people want to hear yes, that people have heard no too much in their life, and they marketed this thing to have a 75% chance of giving you a yes. How much more your heavenly Father who is in heaven knows how to give you good gifts, wants to say yes to you today. There is a yes in the presence of God. Come on, if Mattel knows how to say yes, my heavenly Father knows even more how to say yes as I get into his presence and I need to be reconditioned to hear yes in my spirit. Look, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, whatever God has promised gets stamped 
It's a stamp. It's a yes in the name of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach, and this is what we pray. I need to be honest with you this morning. I've been reflecting as I got ready for this service, and God speaks to me before he speaks to you. And I began to realize that as I looked at my my, my prayer time in these days that I have backed out and backed off of asking God for things. I realized that I was worshiping him and I was thanking him and I was meditating, but I wasn't asking. I began to process that and think about that and I realized that I, I had something that I'd come under where I was expecting him to say no. I was expecting in this time that we live in right now that it's just a no. Circumstances are saying no. The enemy is saying no. But God had to remind me, son, but I'm saying yes. You need to come back into the place of prayer and ask me. I'm prepared to give you good gifts, great gifts, miraculous gifts. Come on, somebody. There's a yes in his presence today. Someone needs to hear this. Yes and amen to the glory of God. God's yes and our yes together. And that's what I want to tell you about. First, you've got to get good in your spirit that God's the God of yes and not the God of no. He, he says, he sa- he's not the parent. No, 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 no. He's the God of yes. Come on. He invited Peter out on the water. Herbert Lockyer wrote a book years ago, and it's called All the Promises in the all of. All, excuse me, all the promises of the Bible. It's had many reprints because it keeps finding more promises. There was a later, a later uh, edition that had uh, 7,584 promises. If you buy the latest uh, copy of this book, Herbert Lockyer, All the Promises of the Bible, you will find 8,000 promises, Scripture promises that are in the Bible. This morning you have at least a 1 in 800 chance, 8,000 8, chance I mean, and it's the 8,000 to the 1. 1 no, 8,000 8, yeses. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of promises that God is saying yes to. Just grab one of them. Just grab one of them today. you got to get good that God wants to say yes. Second thought this morning, let's look at, uh, in First Samuel, a woman named Hannah. We had a Hannah text in, and whoever you are, just put your faith with God today. Uh, Hannah couldn't get pregnant and longed for a child. And uh, as we kind of come into this story, we're introduced to Hannah and find out that her barrenness had been for quite some time. Her husband, Elkanah, loved her so much and supported her. You just It's kind of a romantic love story between her uh, and Elkanah. But in that culture of that day, it was dishonoring if a wife could not give her husband children. And so she felt as if she was dishonoring her husband. She couldn't get past that. She just couldn't get good with not having children. To make matters worse, also in that culture, it was, uh, it was acceptable for a man to have more than one wife. And he also had a wife named Paniah. And Paniah, whoa, man, she's fertile myrtle. And if there's any kind of measurement of honor, Alcana was really an honored man. And she was, he just looked at her and she got pregnant. She'd be Instagramming. She'd be putting pictures up of the family. She'd be putting all the children, you know, first day of school. But she wasn't doing it because she was proud of her children or even good with her relationship uh, with Alcana. She was doing it because she had one thing she wanted to do in life, and that was to rub Hannah's nose in the misery 
of her no. She wanted to be a voice that reminded Hannah. In fact, as you read the scriptures, you'll see that, that um, Paniah set out to torment, to torment Hannah and make her life miserable. She wanted to have her live in the no of her existence. What a horrible life. What a horrible place to have having to live. Well, one day, Hannah, not wanting to take no for an answer, and especially not Paniah's no, not the enemy's no, she didn't want to take no for an answer. And she goes to the temple, and she decides she's going to go into the presence of God. And we read there that she begins to pour her heart out. In 1 Samuel 1.10, she begins to pour her heart out in deep anguish. Somebody today can relate to the anguish of soul, to the pain that's in your heart, to the no that's been screaming to you over and over. I want to remind you that in his presence today, there's a yes. Hannah went to where she knew she could get permission to do the impossible. She knew the one place she could go to hear yes to the impossible was in the presence of God. She begins to pour out her heart in prayer. I mean, she lets it rip. She lets it fly knowing that God is hearing every word, catching every tear, every pain is being held by him. No holds barred. She pours it out to the Lord. The prophet Eli watches her praying. She's so into it, so passionately into that prayer. He, he thought there was something wrong with her, questioned her. She said, no, 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 you don't understand. Began to explain to him what she was doing. God dropped a word into prophet Eli's heart, and he prophesied to her, gave her the answer that God was speaking that day. I'm so glad that uh, as we New Testament believers come into his presence, that the prophetic is still here today, but we don't rely on a prophet to tell us what God is saying. God wants to speak to you today. He wants to whisper into your heart today. He wants to remind you of a promise today. And prophet Eli said to her, he said, may, may God grant the request that you have asked of him. In other words, he's saying, God says, yes. God says, yes. Somebody needs to hear. God says, yes. Come on, somebody in the room, somebody online. God is saying yes today. Whatever you're bringing, whatever impossible situation, God is saying yes. God is saying yes. Then she went back and she began to eat. She no longer was sad. I want to tell you this morning, she wasn't pregnant yet. Hey, come on, she couldn't wait to get home to see Elkanah and tell him the news that God said yes. Come on, honey, let's get busy. God said yes. She hadn't got there yet. She wasn't wasn't even on her way yet. And yet her countenance had changed. Her physical appearance had changed. The pain was gone. Why? Because in the presence of God, she heard her Father in heaven say, come on out, Hannah. It's yes today. Yes and amen to the glory of God. It's not no. I don't care what Paniah's been saying. But today, it is yes. (laughs) Wasn't pregnant, but she had her yes. And with God's yes and our yes, there isn't an enemy that can stop it except for your no. Except for your no. The enemy's no can't stop. You have to start believing that God has a yes. God will hold out his yes to you. And this morning, will you, like Hannah, take his yes and believe and put your yes with his? Our faith uh, with his yes gives permission in his presence. Hannah hadn't even left the presence of God. She was completely changed. Why? She heard his yes. 
So it came to pass, 1 Samuel 1.20, it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Can I tell you another way you could look at what she named his, her son, Samuel? It would be just as applicable. It's, not, it's exactly the same. What she named her son was, God said yes. God said yes. Every time she looked at Samuel, God said yes. Come on, I don't know what you're looking at today. I don't know if you're looking at a diagnosis. I don't know if you're looking at a relationship. I don't know if you're looking at finances. I don't know what you're looking at, that the enemy is trying to rub your nose and cause your life to be so miserable because you're trapped in what you think is impossible. But today, hear the yes of God and rename your situation. God says yes. In the process of time, now none of us want to hear that. In the process of time, she conceived. The yes, the yes had a, had a shelf life. Not that it would ever expire, but God was working things out. God was processing things behind the scenes. In the process of time, she held on to her yes. She, na- she knew she would name her son. She was naming when that son would come. God said yes. What if I told you? Like God told the children of Israel of old, go march around Jericho. You'll march the first time, and it's a no. The walls will not fall. You'll march the second time. It'll be a no. The walls will not fall. The third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. On the seventh time, God's yes will be so loud, you will shout in agreement, and the walls will come down. What if they gave up on number three? What if they gave up on four? What if they gave up on five? What if you knew in the process of time your yes was a sure thing? It's the enemy saying no. But you have God's yes. I want to encourage you today, even as you receive God's yes today, it might take a few times around Jericho's walls. Don't give up. In the process of time, she renamed, she got her yes from God because God's yes is without time. It's without shelf life. Come on, hold on to your yes, and let's let the yes of God come. You might be saying to me this morning, Pastor Roy, you don't understand. I understand the miserable existence that these people lived in. And I've heard no my whole life. My, you don't know my situation. You don't know my family line. You don't know what I've been facing. Uh, this is a good service. This is a great sermon. It's even emotionally stirring. But you don't understand. I've heard no my whole life. I want to introduce you to a man. In John chapter 5, verses 5 through 9. He was 38 years old. He'd been crippled, born crippled. He was crippled his whole life. There was a tradition as he was laying beside a a pool, a tradition that said once in a while an angel, just kind of feeling frisky, would come out of heaven and stir the waters up. And if you saw this unusual stirring of the water, if you got into the water, you would get your healing. Kind of like winning the lottery. Kind of like just getting lucky. If you were the one that just was in the right place at the right time. You're listening today and you're saying to me, Pastor, I've never been in the right place at the right time. I live in the wrong life. I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong everything. Well, this man had been in this situation for 38 years. He'd heard no. He'd heard you're not good enough. You'll never be able to get into the water. You'll never have what it takes to be successful. Let's pick up the story in John 5, verses 5 through 9. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. 
When Jesus saw him and knew that he had been ill for a long time, isn't it great to know that Jesus knows where you're at? He knows what you're going through. He knows where you've been. For the person saying, but, but Pastor, you don't know. I, I know I don't, but Jesus does. He knows exactly where you are this morning. He knows exactly what you've been through. Jesus approaches this man who knew he'd been ill for a long time, and he asks them this question, would you like to get well? At that moment, what Jesus was doing was holding a yes out to a man who had never heard yes in a way that he believed it. Never heard yes in a way that his, that he was waiting for the lottery. He was waiting for all these things that the world says, if you're just lucky enough, you'll get your break. He said, I've never had a break. I'm not talking about a lucky break. I'm talking about the God of heaven who loves you so very much. Holding out the yes of heaven. Jesus knew. Jesus said, do you want my yes? I need to ask you this morning, are you good that God has a yes? Second, you've got to put your yes. Yes with his yes. Number three today, and here's where the rubber meets the road. As we look at this man, you've got to receive the yes that's being extended to you. He begins to rehearse to Jesus all the reasons why it should be no. 38 years of reasons. I can't, sir, the man said. I have no one to put me into the pool and the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Someone else is always luckier than I am. Somebody else gets their lucky break. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. In other words, he said, just take my yes. This is not luck of the draw. This is not the lottery. This is not making it big. This is just the God of heaven loves you. Take my yes. Of course, the Bible tells us that he took Jesus' yes. He picked up his bed. He was healed instantly. Somebody say instantly. He took the yes of God as his own. I'm going to ask my wife to join me on the platform. Our team is coming. We're going to transition our service today. What he began to rehearse with Jesus was all the reasons why it was impossible For him, after 38 years of hearing no, why it was impossible to get a yes. You might be here today saying, I've heard no my whole life. It's impossible. Say impossible. I want to tell you today that when Peter faced the impossibility, he said, is it you, Jesus? In the presence of God in this service today, he's saying yes. He's saying yes. It's yes. Get good that there's a yes in God today. There's permission in his presence I want to talk to the person today who maybe has never given your life to Jesus. You, you didn't know that God loves you, that God wants to forgive you, that God wants to come into your life and give you an eternity with him, give you eternal life that starts right this moment and continues on after the day we take our last breath here in this world and we meet him and we continue that eternal life without even missing a beat. He wants to give that to you today. It says in John 15, verse 13, there is no greater love, Jesus speaking, than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friend. I want you to know today that Jesus wants to be a friend. Many people think of Jesus as an enemy, that he's against me, that God, uh, I've done so many bad things. I, you might even be new in this room today, and we often, we often tease about people coming to church and going, I've never been to church, or I've only been to a wedding or a funeral. I half expected lightning to strike me today. 
God is not the God of the lightning strike or the thunderbolt. He's the God of love. He loves you so very, very much today. And he's extending the yes of, his, of eternal life to you, forgiveness of sin to you today. I don't care how long you've been living uh, separated from God. And that's what the Bible says. We've all been born separated from him until we say yes to the gift of Calvary's cross. We call it Easter. When he died on the cross, took everybody's sin. But you've got to receive that yes to eternal life. If you're watching today or you're in the room and if you've never said yes to God's gift of eternal life, I'd like to offer it to you today. I'd like everybody looking at me and just focus on me if you're watching today. Literally, if you're watching, I'd I'd love for you just wherever you are, would you raise your hand and say yes. If you're in the room today, you've never accepted God's eternal life. If you're here today, you've never said yes to eternal life, the forgiveness of sin. I'd love to see your hand today. We want to pray for you. Is there anyone in the room today that would say yes? Yes, I want to receive it. There's a little one there. Thank you, sweetheart. Yes. Yes, there's no age limits on the yes of God. Thank you, Aaron. Anyone else today that would say yes, yes to God? Let's pray. If you said yes online today, and I'd love for you to text that in after we pray this prayer. Let us know that you said yes to eternal life. You could just pray a simple prayer like this. Repeat it after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for your yes of eternal life to me. I ask you, to come in my life, forgive my sin. I begin getting out of the boat and walking with you today. Amen. Well, you're in for a great ride as you walk with Jesus. If you did that for the first time online, please text that to us. Awesome word. Amazing word. Find your yes with Jesus. You know, he wants to be your yes. yes. So just find your yes with Jesus. Um, our prayer ministry info, please text, uh, leave a voicemail, email, but give us your prayer request because we want to stand with you yeah. this morning in whatever you're waiting. If you're waiting for your yes, yeah, we want to believe and stand, stand with yeah. you for your Agree yes. With your yes. yes. Um, also, if you are giving your tithes and offerings this morning, we are a church that loves to give. So you can either uh, use the drop box on the way out and drop your tithes there, or you can text any amount to 84321. Remember, please, to register for next week. This just helps us because we do have limited seating, and we need you to register. So go online to HCF. Uh, Cornwall.ca slash register. No, because some people are getting a no to be here. Yeah. We want to open our second service as soon as we yeah. need to do that. And so uh, as we have enough people to do that, we're going to. In the meantime, we have an alternative downstairs. Yeah. It's You might say, well, isn't that just like watching it at home? We have a, we have a, a system downstairs. No, you get to watch it with other people. It's yeah. the next best thing. Yeah. Don't take no for coming as an answer. Make it a yes. <laughs> yeah, and even if you don't want to sit downstairs, show up because then that'll... Push us more to open our second service. But I think we're getting close to that. Yes, we are. Yes. So make sure you register so we know how many people that can come on a Sunday morning. And then we can move towards our second service. Um, More information. Keep your eye on your social media, your emails. um, For everything and anything that's going on at Harvest, you're going to find it there. And our team is absolutely incredible. Keeping you informed. Whether you're here in the building or you're online this morning, we have an incredible team behind us. And uh, as always, we love you, Harvest. Love you so much. We'll see you next week, and we can't wait to gather again. Have a great week. Be blessed. Amen. Those of the-